Hello and welcome to my podcast. It doesn't matter who you are, the risen Lord suffered and died on a cross for you. My name is Michael and my podcast series is devoted to the Catholic faith. My goal is to reignite our faith. Please note my podcast remains explicitly of my own opinions and experiences. However, any core belief or statement made regarding the church comes solely from approved sources such as the Catholic Church Catechism. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Today this podcast is dedicated to saints. To walk in the footsteps of the saints, in my opinion, is a sign of predestination. Why? Because saints lived by the gospel, they lived solely for Christ and were devoted to his church. In fact, a number of saints were that influential to the faithful and the church as a whole that they were made doctors of the church. You should research the doctors of the church. I believe there is somewhat 33 doctors of the church. Saints have come from all facets of society. Some were called by God to follow this vocation from an early age. Others received their calling later on in their life. Some were called from a very sinful life. Others were converted to Catholicism in response to their calling to sainthood. Now, obviously, at the time of each individual's journey along their life, they never for a second considered themselves saints or the like. They were just pure-hearted people full of love for God and neighbour as a result of their love of God. Their faith, hope and charity was supercharged and emanating such a bright light for others to see and be drawn to, all for the glory of God. Many saints faced trials and tribulations that we could only imagine, including being murdered for their faith. One common theme, however, is hardship. Each saint, whether just by the lifestyle they chose, whether it was mistreatment from others, including their own relatives, or whether they were faced with unrest and war, the common theme was hardship. They did not live an easy life, or what we would describe as an easy life. They did, however, take joy in their hardships and saw these as challenges for the greater glory of God. They accepted whatever came their way with love and commitment to God in their hearts. This brings me to something I've spoken about before in my earlier volumes regarding our communion with saints. Through our baptism, we are all united in communion with one another through our connection to Christ. So all our prayers, supplications and trials are united and affects us all. Thus, many saints actually prayed to receive greater sufferings on earth for the sake of others, to help convert others to the faith and bring them to salvation through Christ. Bearing in mind, that is what Jesus asked of his followers to do. He didn't ask his followers to sit by idle or have a lukewarm attitude or remain indifferent. 
like so many of us today, including myself. I will be the first to put my hand up. No, he wants each and every follower of his to live out the gospel, not just read it. To be a beacon to others. To lead others to him. Again, this takes me back to my very first volume, where I ask you, are you working for the Lord or are you working against him? By your lifestyle, by the company you keep, or by the lukewarm attitude you may be carrying with you. The saints carried out their vocation seriously and with courage in the Lord and love for the Lord. When I speak of courage or confidence in the Lord, I'm not saying that they didn't have fear or weren't scared. On the contrary, courage is the ability to stand up in the presence of fear. So yes, they were scared at times, maybe even shy or nervous to speak out or be seen to place God first in their worldly affairs. But nonetheless, they placed their confidence in Christ and soldiered on. We are called to do the same. The Catholic faith calls for courage and commitment to the gospel and the church. I'm not saying you should go and stand on a street corner proclaiming the gospel, etc. No. What I am saying is that you and I need to be aware of our Catholic vocations and carry on a virtuous life journey with Christ at the centre of it. Being prepared to stand by Christ and his church in adversity using the virtue of fortitude to stand firm. And through our example, we may share the love of Christ with all that we meet, if it be God's will, of course. Myself, I am not a very confident person, and so, through inspiration of the Holy Rosary, I found myself putting together this podcast series in order that I may help spread the love of Christ to all who wish to hear it. Now, what has this got to do with saints, you ask? Well, with the inclusion of sainthood through our blessed church, we are given life-giving or life-saving gifts, very similar to the sacraments, so to speak. Why? Because we can confidently invoke the help, known as intercession, of saints with our own endeavours and battles. There are many saints who are known as patron saints for particular facets of life. For example, Saint Michael, the Archangel, who, confusingly enough, is also an Archangel, is the protector of the seat of Peter, where the Holy Father resides. He is also a patron saint of police, among many other facets he watches over. Saint Rita of Cassia is famously known as the patron of impossible situations among, again, a number of other facets she's a patron of, and so on. The list is endless. Not only do saints provide us with intercession and help after they have departed from their earthly life, but they also leave behind a great example of how to live a virtuous life, a Christ-centred virtuous life. They suffered so greatly to provide us now with help. They help nourish our souls from heaven. They make supplications for us, and we too unite our prayers with theirs, all for the glory of God. The most common 
attribute we have to invoking saints to help us along the way is to ask God to give you the grace to live in a manner that of your own Christian name or baptism name. Because generally your baptism name is a saint name. For example, my name is Michael. I never cease to ask God to grant me favours through the help of Saint Michael the Archangel, who, as I explained briefly earlier on, is also known as Saint Michael in the Church. Being in communion with the saints, we can and are always united to them through Christ, and in a similar way to our guardian angel, where we can ask for their help any time we need. Saints are venerated within the Church to a, to a degree that sees quite often relics of saints placed within the altar to symbolise their intercessions and protection. They are quite often used for the parish. Such being, for instance, an obvious one would be St. Joseph's Parish Church. I mean, it probably doesn't matter which country you may be from, you will have a St. Joseph's Parish Church somewhere. Or... In the Maronite Church, which I belong to, the Maronite Catholic Church, you may find a particular church such as St. Charbel's Maronite Church. Again, our churches are quite commonly named after a saint, and so on. You find quite often a church and its parish being named after particular saints. So what does it take for a person to become a saint? Well, generally, this is something which occurs after the individual's death on earth, followed by a call or request made by another individual or group of persons, whether it be within a facet of the church or from a group of laity. There is usually something exceptional about that person's life. The church will undergo a series of investigations and prayer to discern the correct course of action along the way regarding the person in question. This whole process is the journey towards what is known as canonization. There are a number of steps along the way until you can be officially canonized as a saint by the Holy Father of our Church. Saints are famously known for being pioneers of orders within the Church that they themselves have established. A good one to look at for an example would be Saint Francis of Assisi, he would be a great saint for you to um, maybe have a look at in your spare time, uh, research him. He was an average person at the start of his life. He was actually, uh, by average I just mean a normal everyday person, um, not too focused on God, but he was wealthy, he loved to go out and party, etc. He was from a wealthy family, till he was called by God, to which he accepted. Because don't forget, we do have a freedom of will. Our blessed Lord may call you. He'll offer you his love and say, this is the road I want you to be on. But you can still make the decision to follow or not follow. During his transformation, he gave up all his possessions, left nothing to himself. With heavenly inspiration, he formed the Franciscan order, which was devoted to living the gospel in poverty. He attracted many followers and for the glory of God became a very influential leader. His love for God and thus his love for his neighbour was nothing short of Christ-like. He was even very affectionate and loving towards all of God's creatures, including animals, 
especially. Here is a quote, one of many of course, and this quote comes from St. Francis of Assisi, and it goes like this. He truly loves his enemy who, instead of resenting the injury done him, is afflicted through the love of God at the evil which his enemy has done to his own soul by sin. So I'll just repeat that one more time because sometimes you can misunderstand it, but here it goes again. He truly loves his enemy who, instead of resenting the injury done him, is afflicted through the love of God at the evil which his enemy has done to his own soul by sin. How wonderful and powerful of a statement made he. Let's break it up to fully appreciate its value. St. Francis of Assisi is making a clear point of the kind of love Jesus truly calls us to imitate. The kind of love for your neighbour that could only come from heavenly inspiration. He is literally saying that you love your enemy for the love of God to such a degree that you don't even acknowledge what evil they do to you. The sorrow you feel is not that of pain from what they have done to you, but a deep sorrow for the evil they have done to themselves, that being their own soul, by committing this evil against you. Thus, they sin and their soul suffers for it. To put it into an example we can appreciate, I guess, if your neighbour, literally your neighbour, was to steal from you, your first impression is not that of anger or pain due to the loss you have suffered. Rather, you pray for their soul and become sorrowful for them and the condition of their life because of the offences they commit, but not because it hurts you, but because it hurts you to see them in sin. What a sincere act of love that is, and if only your enemy could see such a response that even their heart may explode with guilt and awe at such a display of love for, for your neighbour. That statement that St. Francis of Assisi made, just in those two sentences, really bring home the kind of love our blessed Lord taught to his apostles, and which has come down through the ages, all the way down to us this day and in this age. That is truly love of neighbour. Loving your neighbour as yourself, loving your neighbour for the love of Christ, treating people the way you would have them treat you, regardless of what they've actually done to you, you're that self-giving over to Christ that you don't even acknowledge any, any thought or process against yourself. You've completely forgotten yourself and you're only worried about the condition of that person who's committed that act against you for the love of God. That kind of love and self-giving love is what I mean by a saint. This is what differentiates the saints between normal everyday people and why saints become saints in the first place. Because their love and their following the teachings of Christ is at such a degree that could only be described as supercharged. 
This is why these very special people become saints, because they courageously live out a life completely for the sake of Christ, for him, with him, and in him. Thus give glory to God through their life journey on earth, and no doubt receive their just reward in heaven as a result. And if that wasn't enough, they are granted the grace to assist us here on earth during our earthly journey. In fact, quite often, part of the journey to canonization, so to becoming a saint, is evidence of that saint's intercession for someone on earth. So they having a need, sometimes it may be a healing of a disease that cannot be healed, or any kind of need that can then be cited as a miracle through the grace of God, was granted through the name of that saint. And that is quite often a factor in their journey towards canonization. So to bring it home, our blessed Lord didn't only pay the ultimate price to redeem our souls, he also put into place his church with which he pours out an abundance of graces through the holy sacraments, through the help of our blessed Mother Mary, the angels, and finally he unites our efforts with that of the saints to provide us with yet another avenue from which we can nourish and grow in faith, hope, and charity. To God be glory forever. Okay, before I complete this podcast, there were just two more things I wanted to um, mention about this before I finish. Um, One was I watched a YouTube documentary the other night on a person known as Sister Claire Um, I urge you to YouTube her name and watch the documentary. It goes for about an hour and 15 minutes, I think. However, her story was so inspiring and so courageous to watch that she she really did touch my heart watching it um, and learning about her life. I think it would be immensely valuable to you to watch it. Um, And it is called All or Nothing by Sister Claire. Um, Look it up. Watch it. It's beautiful. And it relates to people in our day and age. So she died in 2016, tragically. Um, And so she was around in this day and age. And the way she lived her life from how she started, which was she was a normal person, grew up, born in Ireland, Um, A normal everyday girl, in fact she loved to act and became, as she described it, loved the vice of life. Um, We have discussed vice before and that's obviously the opposite of virtue, so she was quite sinful to begin with. But then she heard God's call and she um, took up God's call, accepted his call and became a nun. But during the process and, and just learning and watching her con, her conversion is inspiring and the person she became and the amount of people that she touched and helped along the way is absolutely inspiring. So I think it's a, a beautiful thing to watch. Um, I'd very much um, persuade you to watch it. Uh, before I finish, I just wanted to speak about a gospel so the reading for this sunday that just went in mass is the gospel i'm going to read to you and it's just it has to do with 
I think it has some part to do with what I've spoken about with saints today, and I'll explain that afterwards. Um, so it, it comes from the Holy Gospel of St. Matthew, and it's a parable our blessed Lord spoke um, concerning the kingdom of heaven. And he said, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everyone was asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds all through the wheat and then went off. When the crop grew and bore fruit, the weeds appeared as well. The slaves of the householder came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where have the weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. His slaves said to him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? He replied, No. If you pull up the weeds, you might uproot the wheat along with them. Let them grow together until harvest. Then at harvest time I will say to the harvesters, First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles for burning, but gather the wheat into my barn. And then our priest went on to, to discuss that further and he made a point of our blessed Lord was saying to them that a farm in relation to planting good seed, which is the wheat in this perspective, and the weed being the bad seed. And so we can obviously see that as having a good and virtuous life being seeds of wheat, so seeds of Christ, and or having an unvirtuous life, a life full of vice and sin, and turning your soul into the weed that is going to be harvested and thrown or taken away to be burned. What our Lord is saying there is that the harvester or the farmer who would be our blessed Lord himself is saying, leave it. Let them both prosper until the day of harvest. So it's obvious that good and evil both coexist and continue to exist. And why we think only bad things happen to good people and things like that, because the rain, or I guess the sun, shines on both good and evil. And in saying that, our blessed Lord and his mercy and love for us allows this to continue, not because he wants bad things to happen, but he allows it to continue because he wants you who are committing sin or, or living a life of vice to change your life. And rather than coming and making judgment upon you today when he knows your soul will not be eligible for heaven, his mercy allows you to continue to live your life until the day you find him and change your life. If our blessed Lord was to come today, for instance, and judge the living and the dead, which he will do on on the last day, of course, then how many of us would actually be prepared for him? And so this parable is a classic example of his love for us and how much his ocean of mercy is poured upon us that we don't even realize it ourselves. We could be living, and the reason why I wanted to mention that gospel is if you are living a life of vice at the moment, this is your sign. If you're listening to me at the moment, this is your sign. 
go to confession, use the sacrament of confession. I know I've mentioned this before in other podcasts, but the sacrament of confession is a very powerful tool, even for your mental health. It's not just great to clear your soul of sin, which is the most important, but it also clears your mind, takes the guilt away. Um, But in saying that, Pray to God that he gives you the grace to change your life because it's from his mercy that you are still alive and still have the opportunity to change your life. Anyway, I won't continue to harp on about that. Um, I think that's all I wanted to mention. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And today I leave you with a reflection. What small changes in your own life could you make to mimic the life of your own name saint? If you do not have a name which relates to a saint, then do some research and see whom God leads you toward and consider the saint you find and how they can help you achieve a better, more Christ-focused life. Thank you again. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.